Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today we're going to be looking at how our uh, yoga practice, how our spiritual practice translates into useful and peaceful action in our world. Yoga is a familiar word, of course, to many today, but uh, not everyone is aware that it refers to oneness, union, or unity bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our spiritual nature, being restored to our original wholeness, and then not only realizing that, but then uh, living in accordance with that truth of our being. And our topic today is right on point for that, Meditation, Wisdom, and the New Story. And we're blessed to have uh, Michael Nagler from the Meta Center back with us. Michael is Professor Emeritus of Classics and Comparative Literature at UC Berkeley, where he co-founded the Peace and Conflict Studies program. He's the author um, of a really wonderful book about um, putting nonviolence into practice in our lives, The Search for a Nonviolent Future, a very hopeful book. Um, it received the American Book Award and it's been translated into several languages. Also, he's written Our Spiritual Crisis, Recovering Human Wisdom in a Time of Violence, and uh, also translated uh, works of uh, his teacher, a beautiful book on Upanishads. And uh, he's consulted with the U.S. Uh, Institute of Peace and many other organizations. And as I mentioned, he's um, founder and uh, president of the board of the Meta Center for Nonviolence Education. Uh, his teacher is Sri Aknath Ishwaran and uh, founder of the Blue Mountain Center of Meditation, uh, and where Michael has lived since 19. 19- 
70. And their website is metacenter.org, M-E-T-T-A, center.org. Welcome, Michael. Uh, Michael, it's just so great to have you back on the Yoga Hour today. Well, thank you so much, Yogacharya, Alan. It's wonderful to be speaking with you again on our favorite subject. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) And so before we begin, um, let's just take a centering moment uh, and prepare ourselves. a little pause to open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, one reality called by many names, is the support, substance of all that is. So one life is the life of all. We are divinely interconnected. And knowing this, we find great inspiration and support, peace, in the great fabric of life. So as we focus our attention now, let's use our breath to follow our breath within and connect inwardly to the stillness within. So breathing in, intend to touch the peace that is within you. And breathing out, just let go of any agenda, any stress, of the moment and relax. Breathe in. Just consciously touch the peace that is within you. Breathe out. Let go of stress. Breath is such a powerful tool for us. It's always there. And anytime we become aware of our breathing, we start the process of yoga, really, of inward turning. So just let your breath now be your vehicle to expand your consciousness. And begin to enter that temple of peace within. And as we turn our attention within in this way, by using the breath, as our awareness begins to expand beyond thoughts and feelings, we can become aware of our essential nature, which is pure and still, beyond words and thoughts. That ground of awareness of being within us that's always peaceful and is our support for bringing that peace into our daily lives, into our thoughts, into our speech, into our action. So as we touch that peace today, let's intend to bring that peace with us into Every encounter that we have, let it overflow as a blessing for all beings everywhere. Peace. 
the Meta Center, an organization that um, Professor Nagler works uh, through and with today in his work for um, bringing really spirituality into nonviolent action in our world, is a very robust site, and they've been doing lots of work on it. And uh, so I really want to uh, recommend that you go there and take a look because it is uh, very supportive and helpful for looking at how we connect our spiritual practice, our spiritual awareness, and nonviolent action in the world. So we're going to begin the first segment today just talking about this ground of spiritual practice and spiritual awareness. And in the second segment, we're going to focus on um, what the Meta Center is calling the new story, which couldn't be more timely and more more needed. So let's just start with meditation, and I, I want to offer a quote uh, from our tradition of Kriya Yoga. Lahiri Mahashaya said, he is... He only is wise who devotes himself to realizing, not reading only the ancient revelations. Solve your problems through meditation. Exchange unprofitable speculation for actual God communion. So we want to look at, you know, what does the role of uh, meditation play in, you know, what role does meditation play in developing uh, the wisdom that we need to be agents of nonviolent action in our world. And, and Michael, I know that meditation is a thread that certainly runs through your life. So tell us what you know about this and how you have come to connect that yourself to nonviolent action. Yes. How much time did you say we had? I might mention before we begin that uh, I have a new book called The Handbook of Nonviolence that was published by Barrett Kohler, and it's being uh, translated translated into Arabic, I'm very pleased to say. And we also have uh, an old favorite that we wrote a long time ago called Meditation for Peacemakers, where I go into this subject, and that's, uh, that's an e-book, and, and I think you can get to that through our website. But yes, when I first met my teacher, and this was way back in 1966, he he saw that I was very politically active, and uh, one day he quietly said to me, I'm going to take you out of politics. I was quite startled, <laughs> and he said, <laughs> he said, when I put you back in, you'll be ten times more effective. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he did, um, because meditation I've come to regard as a essential skill for effective social activism. It gives you judgment. It gives you that absolutely critical sense of union with someone whom you may otherwise have regarded as an opponent, and that's the most powerful tool or mindset that you can that you can possibly have. If you come at somebody trying to defeat them, all you have is a brace of conflict. Mm-hmm. But if you come at them saying... I understand your position. Please listen to mine. I think we can work this out. Then uh, you know, 90% of conflicts are solved right there. And the other 10%, you can invoke satyagraha. <clears throat> we have a kind of escalation curve model in the nonviolence handbook and in the in the early book that you mentioned, um, Search for Nonviolent Future, where we kind of divide the escalation of a conflict into three stages. The first stage, conversation is possible. In the second stage, you need to, as Gandhi said, move the heart, 
not just the head. So that's where you do nonviolent resistance. And at that point, it becomes critically important to have what we call a principled nonviolence approach, where you're not just refraining from weapons of the hand, but you're refraining from using weapons of the mind. In Yemen, not too long ago, there was a protester who went out and said, they can't defeat us because we've left our weapons at home. <laughs> and there's, Yeah, isn't that good? And there's some truth in that. <clears throat> but imagine if he had said, they can't defeat us because we've left our hatred at home. <laughs> then the difference there is that not only do you have a lot of effectiveness in the immediate situation, but you've built something for the future. And, you know, when, as you mentioned, you know, meditation, of course, um, allows us to to see, to experience, to know the ground of unity between us, um, which is the foundation, you know, for our insight into justice work. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also the element of um, helping us change the climate, you know, of the heart and the mind uh, to where we have uh, the ability to be less reactive. And I think that's really a critical piece about, you know, why meditation, you know, for me is that foundational skill um, for social uh, justice, social action. And I think that's what your uh, beloved teacher was getting at, you know, when he said he was going to take you out of politics and bring (laughs) you back. Because, you know... um, I was around during that time too, and so much of that no. movement, so much of that movement was fueled with anger. And yeah. uh, certainly, you know, my participation was, you know, all that passion, all that anger. But then, of course, you know, that just uh, complicates the issue. So to actually be able to come into dialogue. Um, with somebody you don't agree with and be able to listen, we have to have some ability to restrain our own reactive nature. And um, is that, I'm guessing that's also what you found in terms of your own transformation and what meditation did. That's a large part of it, yeah. Uh, I think one thing that I've always noticed about meditation, and and let's be clear, uh, I haven't realize that ground of unity that you were talking about. I, I just have maybe a little little bit more awareness of it. <laughs> However much awareness I ever get in meditation, I immediately become aware that that presence, that capacity is in everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's unlike other kinds of learning in that regard. You know, when I learned Greek or I learned Sanskrit, uh, I did not have the feeling that my wife and children were absorbing it along with me. But, <laughs> but when I become aware, even to the slight extent that I have so far, of this divine unity within me, I, I just know that that same unity is present in everyone. So, And there's incidentally, as I'm sure you're aware, there's good science on this now uh, that show that when people are meditating together, they are... Uh, in some subtle, on some subtle level, in contact with one another, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. contact does not depend on any electromagnetic vibrations or anything of the sort. But it's uh, it's very real, very palpable, if you will, but on a very subtle plane. Mm-hmm. So when I am in a dispute of some kind with someone, I'm always just a little bit more aware that 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 human being has the same needs that I have, 
And if I were in his or her shoes, I would probably be making the same arguments. And I have this, I have this unshakable faith that there is a solution that will work for both of us. And that's also critical for to be a, a, a principled nonviolent actor, that you look upon your interaction with someone as a learning process where you're both groping towards the same solution. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that that is a very powerful intention. You know, I mean, it, it means, mm-hmm. you know, having the ability to step outside of our own agenda um, you know, which is hard. I think sometimes we begin, you know, with the idea that we can, you know, use nonviolence to get our way, you know, to win. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but, 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 but the idea really is to um, have the tool of nonviolence to find the way. Let's make it a capital T and a capital W, yeah. which is going to be um, ideally something new. You know, that's beyond what other, mm-hmm. what either person is is bringing. Um, somehow, you know, when you were speaking, I was thinking of that story from the Bible where, you know, Jesus goes into the time of conflict where they're going to stone the woman for adultery. You probably remember that story. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's just this scene in that story where, and I, if I'm if I'm connecting with the right story and remembering it correctly, that he takes a moment and he 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 just sort of draws on the ground with his finger in the dust. And um, I've always thought of that as a kind of meditation, you know, where you know he's in that situation and you know he's he doesn't really know what to do, you know, as I interpret the story. But he mm-hmm. takes this moment, you know, that's just kind of like a doodling moment <laughs> or a meditative moment. And then this third way, you know, arises. Um, mm-hmm. And he brings this powerful teaching, you know, of connecting everybody to their common humanity. So I always felt like that was a meditative moment, you know, right in the heat, you know, where there's just, there's a pause. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, some, you know, and something new uh, arises. And um, when we get back from the break, uh, I want to focus on this, you know, something new arising, because I really think that um, this is uh, such a powerful tool that you have now at Meta Center for communicating uh, and focusing on the new story. And uh, so let's uh, focus on that when we get back uh, from the break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with our special guest, Michael Nagler, who is the founder and president of the board of the Meta Center for Nonviolence Education. And their website is metacenter.org, M-E-T-T-A, center.org. And there you can find out uh, more information about Michael's book, the new book, The Handbook of Nonviolence and uh, Meditation for Peacemakers. So we'll be right back with you about the new story. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. 
Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Now available, you pray the free prayer app from Silent Unity. For more than a century, people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to Silent Unity. With YouPray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. With YouPray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. YouPray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends, plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free YouPray app and links to download, visit silentunity.org slash app. That's silentunity.org slash A-P-P. Pop culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful, spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Michael Nagler, uh, author and founder and president of the board of Meta Center for Nonviolence Education. And we began the first segment uh, talking about spiritual practice of meditation and how it prepares us for um, action in the world and um, it prepares us for skillful action in the world. You know, whether that action is, you know, in our families, you know, in the workplace or, you know, whether we're called to um, to work with social justice issues. Really, you know, from my perspective, all of us are needed in, you know, every environment that we're in, you know, in the family, you know, in our education system, in the workplace, in politics. And uh, the Meta Center has some wonderful resources uh, for us. And among that is a, is a new animation that you can see on their site at metacenter.org. And it's called A New Story of Us. And um, it's very it's very hopeful, and I and I think it's a very good place for us to start, Michael. About you know really starting to infuse our culture with um, the idea that you know we've been moving in the wrong direction 
you know, in terms of, you know, what is going to make us happy, what is going to make us secure. You know, right now we have a story that we get, you know, and our children get, you know, that happiness is about acquiring things and security is about, you know, um, being able to lock our doors and lock people up, <laughs> you know, who would pose a threat. And uh, we can see that this system is not working. And, you know, it's interesting to be having this conversation with you, you know, on the, uh, uh, you know, right after uh, President Clinton has apologized, you know, for his legislation, you know, leading to this mass incarceration that we have in this country. So tell us about the new story. <laughs> Well, the new story, if you had to sum it up in one word, is a story of unity. It's a story that recognizes the interconnectedness among all of us, sentient beings, and with uh, the planet, indeed. And it's a story in which we human beings are spiritual creatures, not simply bodies. We are body, mind, and spirit. And on that spirit level... Ultimately, we really are all one. And so you go back and redo all of your institutions on that basis. For example, with regard to criminal justice, we've been maintaining that we should have a kind of three giant steps, if you will, towards a new world. The first would be to complete the job which has begun of getting restorative justice into the schools. That's, uh, that's something that's fairly doable. And once you get it there, if you can explain to people why it's working, and restorative justice approaches have been fantastically effective in the nation's schools. I'm always reminded of one dean who was totally against the system but is now totally for it. And when asked why, he said, whenever we did disciplinary punishment stuff, I lost a relationship, which Mm -hmm. makes you a poorer person. I'm adding that last phrase. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and every time I do restorative justice, I gain a relationship, mm-hmm. which makes you a richer, more secure human being. And it's true not only in, in the institutions, uh, you know, in our society that service, but, but right at home, that's true. <laughs> you know, so we can begin, you know, learning that tool, you know, as parents. And so um, I, that's fabulous. Think about restorative justice in the schools. And of course, uh, through Carry the Vision, um, our, our organization that we work with at, um, through Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, you know, our work right now is getting meditation into the school. So we're going to link, you know, what we were talking about mm-hmm. in the first segment to reduce stress. Um, with the teachers and with the young people, you know, to which I think will underscore making uh, systems like restorative justice even more um, successful. So please continue. So restorative justice. Yeah. yeah. Restorative justice in the schools and uh, incidentally meditation in the schools has been also working very well and in and it not reduces stress, but more importantly, it gives people a sense of hope and a sense of meaning. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the surest security against the suicide rate that we're seeing among veterans and others. So anyway, yeah, it would be getting lead in the, in the school system and having an explanation of why it works, because we're body, mind, and spirit, and we live in a meaningful universe, etc. And then go from there to having restorative justice in the prison system in the criminal justice system, which is a big step, and then go from there 
to the international arena, to the war system, and introduce the same principles. So what we've been arguing, and the reason that we did the animation, is we think that everybody who's an activist should know the outlines of the new story, the new model of uh, the human being in reality, and be able to tell that new story. Because uh, I, I remember one episode where somebody was invited to be a, an economic hitman, you know, a terrible thing. They were going to take him down and have him destroy the people in a small country in Central America. And he, he said, I don't want to do that. And the person trying to recruit him said, why do you care about those people? Mm. Now, imagine if he had been able to answer that question. Now, he probably stared at him in disbelief. Uh-huh. What I would do. But imagine if he'd been able to say, oh, it's been shown that are interconnected. And right now we have an incredible historic opportunity to introduce what we're calling the new story. Because, as I'm sure you're aware, science and the wisdom overlapping beautifully, and they're saying exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. The missing piece, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the, the contribution that Meta is trying to make is to show the violence in this show. That's I'm sorry, Michael, I, didn't, I lost that last piece of what you said, that what, want to show that. Yeah, we want to show the centrality of nonviolence in bringing about this shift. Mm-hmm. And I recently have come to the thought that nonviolence is not only the alternative system by which we're going to redesign our education and so forth and our economies and our relationship to the planet, but it also is the tool that's going to motivate people to believe that a new story is possible and that they have some agency in bringing it about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because if you, if you study how the prevailing story, which we call the old story, but it's really not that old. If you look at how the prevailing story came in, it was not because uh, of facts on the table, but because of a desire. Mm-hmm. People wanted to be able to exploit the earth. This was at the dawn of the Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that if you regard the earth as a living being, as your mother. So by golly, they change the story. <laughs> and, and now now it's just this inert piece of chemicals that are there for us to exploit. So similarly, look at the question of global warming, for example. All the facts are on the table, but people don't want to believe them. Mm-hmm. So we need to motivate people, and I, and I think whenever they see an episode of nonviolence happening, it's a powerful motivation that we human beings can live in a different way. Mm-hmm. It really is, and you know, it's interesting as we reflect on you know what you're calling the new story and the old story. Um, really, both stories are ancient <laughs> in the mm-hmm. sense that you know the new story is founded on the spiritual truth uh, of our being. You know what really brings happiness, what really brings security. And again, I want to recommend that uh, our listeners take a look at the animation because it's just yeah. a short little film, but it's really captivating. And I think it's going to 
going to be so good, as, you know, for for everybody, you know, to take a look at, um, and it'll be especially useful uh, with our young people. But this new story really is about the ancient truth of our being, and the old story um, about, uh, you know, the greed uh, motivating uh, human beings. Um, you know, has also been there since the beginning. You know, it, it's what you know what we call avidya, right? In mm-hmm. in yoga studies, so it's this uh, propensity for unconscious uh, living, unconscious behavior, and um, that's the story that uh, you know we're ready to uh, to overcome in this time that we're living in. And you know, we have just think of this, Michael. All the millions of people who are practicing yoga today. And, and, you know, if we can, if we can move out of, you know, focusing on, um, physical fitness, um, and even meditation, uh, for improving our lives, uh, you know, and stopping there and really look more deeply into, uh, the gift that we have, the moment that is here, um, for us to begin to, to live, uh, this new ancient story of the truth, uh, of our, of our being. I'm, I'm particularly captivated by, you know, how your animation focuses on the way the media is telling us stories all the time about what we need. And, um, you know, when I uh, had the privilege of being in conversation with Ila Gandhi uh, uh, about nonviolence and, you know, a couple of the things that she raised was that we really have to change our media. Um, yes. And especially, especially in uh, the West, in, in America. Um, do you have thoughts about how we can begin to um, change our media? Well, Yogacharya, I do. <laughs> Good, I thought you might. <laughs> For one thing, there's Unity FM. <laughs> there is, yay. <laughs> yay. And uh, we, Meta also now has its own radio show out of uh, Point Reyes, KWMR FM. It's called Peace Paradigm Radio. We do that every other week. And uh, it's it's getting to be pretty well known, and it goes up on KWMR's website and our website and so forth. In other words, alternative media is one approach. Another approach uh, is to simply use extreme discretion in what non-alternative media you expose yourself to. You know, studies have shown that we, we see between three and 5,000 commercial messages every day. Wow. And Every one of those messages is saying you're a physical being that needs to consume things from the outside world. You, you are incomplete. You're empty. You're in a state of competition with all other beings. This is a lie. This is the old story. So uh, in our, we, ha- we have a project called Roadmap. And at the center of this project is our five steps that every person can take. And the first one is to back off on exposing yourself to that story. The second step is to uh, get a spiritual practice if you don't already have one. The third step is to learn everything that you can about nonviolence. Because while I completely agree with you, Yogacharya, that the old story, the new story has been around forever, new quote unquote, 
Mm-hmm. There are some, you know, it has special flavors for our own time. Yes, it does. And, and, yeah, and one of them is to know the science, the hard science, and another is to know that nonviolence is also a science that can be learned. And so then the fourth step is to carry this out into all of your activities, and the fifth step is to find where your, your talents meet the world's needs. And when you do that fifth step, always be prepared to explain why you're doing it. Be prepared to articulate what we're calling the new story. Because, you know, that's how they use advertising, so we should use advertising too. You know, the first time you hear that you're body, mind, and spirit, and you live in a meaningful universe, uh, you're going to dismiss it. But the third or the fourth time, you're going to be scratching your chin and saying, hmm, you know, I like this. And then you start noticing nonviolence happening around you in the world, and you can explain to yourself what you're seeing. I, I have a great deal of hope that that change can then be affected very quickly. And incidentally, we're so much on the same wavelength. You, you mentioned all the millions of people practicing yoga. We're right now preparing, a, I think we're going to call it person power yoga, which is going to be a series of courses and materials that will weave together hatha yoga, meditation, and nonviolence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And we, we should see how we can bring our energy together uh, on yeah. that. You know, that's, that's the other thing that... Um, you know, that's in the back of my mind, you know, I, with Carry the Vision, of course, we bring people together in, in these conferences, but then, you know, we generally go back to our silos because we all have uh, lots of work to do. Um, but I think that one of the ways that we're going to uh, turn this tide um, is to bring our energy together uh, to find more ways to do that, um, uh, you know, so that we're we're working together, uh, I think, is a very useful thing. Um, I just want to ask you to repeat those five steps that you just yeah. mentioned from the roadmap because those are really great. If just name them for us again, okay. that would be really useful. I'm going to take my gloves off now and say that the first step is boycott the mass media. <laughs> just, just dump it. Uh, and, and I want to admit, you know, I was thinking when you were talking about that, that um, everybody should know about Yes Magazine. Oh, yes. Um, oh yes, <laughs> that's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful magazine and, uh, you can get it, uh, paper or you can get it online and, um, it, it's an alternative magazine that has positive stories about, you know, the good things that are happening, um, in our, in our world, in our culture and the people who are right on the forefront of that. So, yeah. um, it's a, it's a wonderful resource. So yes. Yeah. Okay. We start with. Boycott mass media, <laughs> step number one. <laughs> step number two, you're going to want to fill that gap. So learn everything that you can about nonviolence. Uh, step number three, because even if you clear out all these mass media images, there'll still be a residue. So step number three, get a spiritual practice. Step number four, carry your new consciousness out into the world in all your relationships. And step number five, get engaged in transformative action and 
you watch for every opportunity to tell the new story. Mm, thank you so much. We're going to take a break now, and when we get back, we'll just look at uh, service and uh, non-attachment and uh, how we can um, be more involved in in a way that is uh, life-giving and life-supportive. Uh, you're listening to the Yoga Hour with our guest today, Michael Negler, founder and president of the board of the Meta Center for Nonviolence Education, metacenter.org. We'll be right back with you. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and our guest today is Michael Nagler. And we've been talking about uh, the new story, and um, I've been inviting you to take a look at the new animation at the Meta Center uh, website, which is metacenter.org. Um, this is just short animated uh, video that um, raises up this this awareness that. <clears throat> You know, our, even our science today is telling us that, you know, we're not, uh, really who we, who the media tells us that we are, which are these greedy little creatures who want to and need to devour the earth in order to be happy, uh, who need to lock other people up in order to be secure. Um, but we are, we are actually, um, beings who, um, find happiness through serving others and that we this is the beautiful new story really the that science is showing us that we are hardwired for compassion that we we actually get um some good um 
serotonin going, <laughs> uh, you know, through compassionate action. And um, so tell us about that, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, how do we see this new story at play where people are actually finding, um, how can I ask this question? People are actually finding a happier life, um, yeah. a more uh, fulfilling life through um, changing that story about, you know, so, so let's say we consume less, you know, we don't, we don't get that, um, special car to give us power or that special outfit to give us beauty. Um, but we, but we find them sourced in a different way. And then we also find that connecting to others brings us, um, a higher happiness. So, you know, how does that story really begin to change? Uh, I have been thinking about that a lot. And uh, for one thing, I think you have to start seeing it articulated in a reasonably coherent way here, there, and everywhere. That's that's one of the things that makes a paradigm shift-able. You have to, it's, we've known for some time that you need to have a new paradigm to shift onto. In other words, you can't just drop the old story and face life with a question mark. So fortunately, as you yourself mentioned a little while ago, the new story is very attractive. We don't like hearing that we're selfish, competitive fragments. And if someone were to give us a plausible reason to stop following that belief and to act on the belief that we are interconnected with others, very quickly those actions start to be rewarding. And then that uh, kind of locks them into our, our behavior pattern. I was remembering the story as you were speaking about this U.S. Marine who I, I think was on Sri Lanka and right after the tsunami in 2012, and he was uh, handing out food and blankets all day long. It was kind of difficult thankless work actually and a journalist uh, asked him say at the end of the day how do you feel about this you know this isn't what you've been trained for and this uh, u.s marine had been in the corps for 30 years he said i have been serving my country for 30 years and the first time i ever got any fulfillment out of it was today mm -hmm. that direct that direct connection yeah. and you know i think you're so right that you know, the responsibility that we have and the, really the opportunity that we have is to learn how to articulate this new story, right? Mm -hmm. so, so that we ourselves understand what it is and yeah. easily um, communicate about it because um, this is the alternative that needs to be offered everywhere, you know, and it needs to be offered yeah. to our families and, and particularly to our children. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and and I think, you know, when young people hear the new story and when they find out about it, and I think in, in particular about young college-age um, uh, people, high school, college, who, who are looking at, you know, what does the future, you know, ahead of me look like? You know, what do I need to do to be happy and successful in life? And, you know, our education system, you know, so much has um, really, you know, prepared people to be consumers. <laughs> in yeah. the sense of, you know, this is what it's about. You know, you ha your education is to help you get a good job. Um, mm -hmm. 
not so much that your education is to help you um, learn how to serve and find fulfillment. So um, I think it's exciting, and I, I totally uh, agree that our ability to offer this alternative and to keep pointing to it um, is really is really critical. Um, you know, what would you say? Um, I mean, you, you've already said it, but I'm going to ask you something else now. <laughs> I mean, you've already talked about, you know, the five steps, which are really, really helpful. I want to refer back to those that we just talked about, those in our second segment of, you know, what you do. But, you know, what would you say um, to a young person today who, who just says, you know, this is overwhelming. You know, I, I can barely pay my rent. You know, um, how can you talk to me about being involved in, in, in service? Well, uh, that's a tough one because uh, our educational system, our media, and our economic system are all geared to the acquisitive, competitive, combative framework. And it, it's very hard to say to a new person, you should get out of that. Uh, what I used to share with my students at Berkeley was get some kind of a job that, that doesn't, it's not soul-destroying and that pays the rent. And it gives you enough time to explore real fulfillment and explore who you really are. And in course of time, as you get better at that, uh, you have the opportunity to shift over. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about the best that you can offer. I mean, at Meta Center, we have some people who are volunteers. Uh, in fact, our executive director. Uh, Stephanie Van Hook is a Montessori teacher, works with uh, preschool kids. Uh, and that's often how you have to go about it. If you're lucky enough to find a job that's fulfilling, mm-hmm. terrific. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you can join the Peace Corps or join something like Nonviolent Peace Force, get training and go to some conflict area, help to resolve it, that's wonderful. But don't hold out for that because they're mm-hmm. not very available. And you know, actually, what you've what you've articulated was really my story. You know, I've been mm. directing a center for spiritual enlightenment, this meditation center, for you know over thirty years now. But in the beginning, you know, when I was called to that work, you know, to help people find uh, the the root of yoga, this meditative, uh, spiritually awakened life. Um, you know, I was a, a mother, and you know, had needs of supporting a family, and I I, I wasn't able to, and I wasn't ready either, you know, to just yeah. begin that work. Um, but I was able to find um, a job as a medical assistant um, mm-hmm. that, you know, there I was helping people and I was making enough money, you know, to contribute to the family. And uh, and I can I was volunteering, you know, in, in uh, mm-hmm. teaching teaching yoga and helping to set up the center. And then as as that part of my life and my work unfolded and grew, I, I continually cut back my hours as the medical assistant until finally I there was able, able to do, you know, the work that um, I was I was called to do. Um, and so, you know, that afforded me also the time, uh, you know, to grow uh, mm-hmm. and, and to learn. So uh, we're going to conclude in just a few minutes. I want to turn back to you, Michael, and ask you... Um, you know, any words of encouragement or inspiration that you would like to leave with our, our listeners today? Wow, yes. Thank you for that. Uh, 
I, I think that we have been given such a dismal picture of who we are by the mass media and so on and so forth. That it's, it's a wonderful thing to expose ourselves to this new story and to make it real in our own lives and to become aware that we have tremendous power inside of ourselves. It's locked up right now. It's locked up partly by the old story. We can partly unlock it by the new story. And to realize that we are the agents of our own destiny. I, I once, in the early days, I said to my teacher, when I came to him rather an, uh, alarmed and, and unhappy, and I said, I'm afraid that my external life is going to prevent me from carrying out my spiritual fulfillment. And he laughed at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never forgotten it. <laughs> I, for, to this day, I, I have never been insecure about that again. Because mm-hmm. I know once we, you see, once we set our minds to develop ourselves, we have this Gandhian concept of Svadeshi. If we work on the part that we can control, then the parts that we cannot yet control start to come under, uh, not exactly our control, but they start to line up in such a way that they enable us to give our gift to the world. Oh, that is so beautifully put, Michael. Thank you so much. And as you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, at the heart of yoga practice is understanding that this awakening, you know, which includes every area of our life, you know, it's not just the inner experience, but it has to do with living then harmoniously in the world and in this, with this unified awareness and consciousness, but it, it comes together with what we say, you know, is self-discipline and divine grace, you know, those two factors. So exactly, you know, as soon as we make that turn and that whatever turn you make, you really could call yoga is the return, (laughs) you know, to the self. And there is divine grace, there's divine support that, you know, begins to show its self in in ways large and small so if you're asking that question you know how will i change my life you know to 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 live this new story there's lots of uh, resources for you you can find at um, metacenter.org also take a look at carrythevision.org and see what's going on there um Michael, thank you again for being back with us on Yoga Hour. And I want to um, let the listeners know that we have three programs um, together, you and I having these wonderful That's conversations. Right. Um, so go to Just Unity. <laughs> you Right, exactly. Go to Unity um, FM um, and look at the Yoga Hour, and you can find episodes uh, with Michael and I from the past, Ahimsa 101, Insights and Practices for Nonviolent Living Today, Inside the Soul, The Battle We Must Fight Every Day, and the key to victory. Um, I think there we were talking about Bhagavad Gita and what it teaches us. And uh, and then back from 2011, Ahimsa, the power of nonviolence to light the world. So uh, many resources there. And again, I invite you to visit metacenter.org. And we're going to continue our conversation on the Yoga Hour about uh, ways of uh, transforming our heart, our mind, and our lives. And next week, I'll be speaking with Swami Sitaramananda. 
senior disciple of Swami Vishnu Devananda and Acharya of the West Coast Shivananda Centers. Um, for information about Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, go to csecenter.org. And if you're listening in real time, we want to invite you to Sheltering Tree of Compassion uh, on August 8th. Um, where we'll have Mark Matusik with us talking about lessons in the art of living. And remember to subscribe to Yoga Hour at iTunes. Tell your friends about it. It's really part of the news story. And I look forward to being with you next week. Until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world and to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Thank you, Jeff, in our sound room today. And thank you, Unity FN. Thank you, Michael. Look forward to next time. As do I. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Within you is a divine spark. As you feed your mind, body, and spirit with inspiration, the spark becomes a flame. Unity Online Radio provides the fuel to ignite your passion, creativity, and more during our special Ignite Your Life series. Tune into the series at unityonlineradio.org slash ignite. Connect with your source and ignite your life. That's unityonlineradio.org slash ignite. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 